0: Happy Halloween, A's fans, and welcome to episode 160 of the Locked On A's Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, the Tigers and White Sox have found their managers, so I'm going to talk about those for a little bit. Also, some other names hit the free agent market, so I'm going to gloss over those real quick. Uh, there's some bullpen arms in there. I'm just going to mention who they are. I'm going to do uh, bullpens. I'm going to go over bullpen targets uh, in full force next week, so I'm going to start recording those probably tomorrow night and just have uh, two names a day for the entire week. I'll be looking over trade targets, I'll be looking over free agents that can make an impact, Uh, which way will the A's go, probably the trade route if they're going to look to improve the team because the trade route uh, has less money involved and the A's probably won't be spending a ton of money, so I'm going to go over all those, but also there's a lot of good free agents out there, so... I'm gonna throw them in there as well. See if they could be had at a at a nice, uh, inexpensive deal. Maybe the A's could be in play for these for these guys. So uh, yeah, that's what's coming up today and next week. But before I get started for today, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to Locked On Athletics at Gmail.com. If there's a bullpen target that you want the A's to go after, or even just a regular target like a shortstop or a second baseman or something like that, uh, send those to Locked On athletics at gmail.com and i'll uh i'll go over them and if i like them i'll talk about them on the air so that's uh that's all that uh so the white Sox took the A's to five games in the wild card series if you recall just like a month ago and over the course of the series their swagger and love for the game was on full display it was a lot of fun to watch even though they were playing the a's and uh, if they were not playing the A's, I would have been like, hey, these guys are kind of fun. I enjoy them. But it was a nerve-wracking series. Did not enjoy it until the final out was recorded. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a, a good time with a bunch of guys, with swagger, and uh, a lot of heart in the game. A lot of talented guys on that White Sox roster. And uh, then they fired Rick Renteria, which I get after how he managed in Game 5. Sure, I guess. So they brought in Tony Larusa, and uh, he's 76. And uh, not to be ageist, but, I mean, he hasn't managed in nine years. I mean, he, he left after he won the World Series in 2011, so that's a plus, I suppose. And he's a Hall of Fame manager, he's had a Hall of Fame career, he's a legend in the dugout, I get it, but at the same time, 2011... The game has changed a bunch since 2011. And, uh, you know, Mike Trout, he debuted in 2011. He was bad at baseball in 2011. Now he's the best player in baseball, like in the world. And so that's one thing that's changed. Remember in 2012 when it was Mike Trout against Miguel Cabrera and it was the Sabermetric community was for Mike Trout for MVP. And uh, traditional people were like, well, Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown. How could you not vote for that? So, uh, yeah, that was eight years ago. Tony LaRouche has been out of the game longer than that discussion, so that's a good time. And I know that analytics are a little bit under the bus right now because, uh, quote-unquote, you shouldn't have to pull Blake Snell, blah, 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 blah. I gave my take on that uh, earlier this week, so you can go back and listen to that one. Uh, All all in all, I stand with that. I think that if you pull Blake Snell, it's okay, given his third time through the order uh, kerfuffles that doesn't make sense anyways yeah his kerfuffles and the third time through the order but you can't bring in nick anderson in that in that situation or at least you go look in his eyes you got to have some feel for the game if you're kevin cash so that's my main takeaway from that whole thing and that wasn't really sabermetrics related but anyways uh moving on tony la he hasn't really had to deal with sabermetrics in the dugout capacity that uh All modern managers do these days he's been in the the front office he's been up in the suites doing his thing from there he's been a team consultant for a few different teams now uh the diamondbacks were definitely one of them i think he was working with dave stewart um yeah he's he's been around since but i i don't know that he is the man for this specific job can he still manage probably but in today's game, it's a lot more talking to the media, uh, saying the right things, managing the clubhouse. And this clubhouse, they have Tim Anderson who is out for Black Lives Matter. They have Lucas Giolito also out for Black Lives Matter. They have uh, Luis Robert, or Robert? God, I, I never get that right. Luis Robert and uh, Eloy Jimenez, Eloy Jimenez, and uh, they they've got some really good guys. Uh, Jose Abreu, a lot of good guys that are not white on this team, and they play with a lot of flair can Tony LaRusa get all these guys on his wavelength that's gonna be the big question and I, I'm not confident that he can because he's been in his uh, in his press conference his introductory press conference with the White Sox uh, I think it was like the second thing that he said was I don't have a racist bone in my body which is not a great way to introduce reintroduce yourself I guess to the White Sox uh, because if you didn't or you know there w- it wasn't a question at all you wouldn't have to say that. But because it is a question and something that is on people's minds, especially in today's climate with social justice and all that stuff, it really makes you wonder if Tony La Russa is the guy for this specific team. Could he manage the Cardinals? Hell yeah. Cardinals, he's the Cardinals way guy. He... Uh, he does the unwritten rules to the game and all that stuff. But, uh, he was asking about, he was asked about, uh, if Tim Anderson does a bat flip, he's like, well, I'd have to judge and make sure that it was okay. And, you know, because of the game and not anything else and blah, blah, blah. So he's going to be spending his time in the dugout, making sure that his guys aren't playing with too much flair, I guess, which seems like a big distraction. I don't get it. Um, yeah, they're just, just a bunch of things that, are strange with this hire. And all reports are saying that it was uh, White Sox owner uh, Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf. He also owns the Bulls and, you know, model franchise over there. Um, so, yeah, it just feels as though nobody necessarily wanted Tony LaRusa except for the owner of the White Sox. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it works out. I think that this team is talented enough to win in spite of their manager. And we've seen that before with uh, the A's in 72, 73, 74. They won in spite of their owner. So maybe this is a, a repeat of that. Um, I hope that the White Sox are good because they're a lot of fun to watch, you know, baseball-wise. And so that's a good time. I don't want to face them in the playoffs ever again because they're going to be even better. And with Larusa, who's a good manager, you know, maybe he's making the right moves that Rick Renterio wouldn't. So maybe it works out. But uh, I do have some reservations about the higher... Uh, for for a slew of reasons not necessarily because of his managing but because of how he connects with players and all that stuff that he doesn't have shared experiences with all of his best players so uh, it, it's gonna be an interesting case study I guess and it's something that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on all season uh, not necessarily here but, you know on my, on my personal time uh, because the white sox are a fun and exciting team so uh, they're gonna be a good deal of fun to watch and whatnot so uh yeah if the A's have an off day. Watch a White Sox game. See how that goes. It'll be a good time. Also, one last thing on Tony Larisa. He did say when uh, Fernando Tatis swung on 3-0 and hit that grand slam and uh, everybody legitimately loved it, he, he was one of those first voices that was like, you can't do that, and I don't like that. Um, so that was recent, and uh, I don't know that he's adapting to the modern game in the way that you would like somebody who's going to be managing this White Sox team. Again, he can coach the Cardinals all he wants, but I feel like this White Sox team has a little bit too much flair and, uh, you know, passion for the game in ways that aren't the traditional way to love baseball. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. I guess. Uh, in other news, the Detroit Tigers inked cheating bastard A.J. Hinch as their next manager. So uh, they tapped him on the shoulder and were like, hey, we don't know any other people that know how to manage baseball games. You're a person and your suspension's over, even though it was only 60 games. And, you know, Jason has qualms with that. Um, Yeah, so it it just feels like with both of these hires, one of them was just suspended for the biggest cheating scandal in baseball history, at at least going back 100 years to the Black Sox. And uh, the other one is 76 and can he do it? We don't know. I'd... <laughs> we'll see. It just feels like there are other options out there for managerial candidates. Uh, Hensley Mullins, the uh, Giants bench coach, he's been in the room a few times. He's been in discussion for uh, the manager position and whatnot, but he hasn't gotten his chance yet. And that just seems weird. Cause everybody seems like he'd be, everybody thinks that he'd be a great manager. So I don't know why he hasn't gotten a chance yet. Cause he's been in the discussions. He should be on somebody's short list. It feels like, uh, these teams didn't necessarily do their due diligence and find the best person for the job. AJ Hinch probably better for the job than Tony La Russa, But, uh, you know, AJ Hinch has done the rebuilding thing in the past with the Astros, uh, for, I don't know if he necessarily deserves credit with how they won, but, uh, you know, he got them to the playoffs, I guess. And, you know, part of that was the front office as well is Detroit's front office. What, uh, the Astros front office was, do they have that kind of analytical, uh, capability? I, I don't know, but I guess from a pure baseball standpoint, if you take out the cheating, it's a decent hire. He's a young guy. He can connect. He's a good leader, but also at the same time, uh, he, in all of the reports that I was reading, uh, everybody's like, oh no, he's a very nice guy and he had no control over what was happening around him. So, you know, he wasn't necessarily involved in it, blah, 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 blah. But if he is not able to keep control of his clubhouse, is he the guy you want running your clubhouse? That seems like a disqualification right there. Uh, So it's just very strange and how they waited until like, Four days after the World Series ended, for him to be hired, um, it feels like this suspension was just BS. And I don't, uh, I'm not here for it. My my big point with both these guys is, I feel like there are other candidates that it should have been a longer search. It, I think that it should have been a, long, a longer search. I know that these teams were both eliminated from the playoffs, and uh, they they could be searching during the playoffs and all that stuff, and they just wait until afterwards to announce their guys. But um, it feels like they should have had more candidates. To choose from is really all that I, uh, I'm worked up about in this one. Uh, it's hard to get experience in, in a job if nobody ever hires you to give you the experience. So then you just keep going to like the same 40 guys, I guess. I don't know. You know, Dusty Baker was hired for the Astros job, but that's a different kind of situation. If it was 162 games, would he have been as successful in the regular season? Uh, he went 29-31, shouldn't have made the playoffs in any other year, but he made it and then that the format was there for him to go ahead and tinker. If he had more health on his pitching roster, would he have been doing the same moves that made him look like he had adapted? I don't know, but maybe that's why uh, the White Sox went after says hey, you know, you can be old and still manage in today's game. Yeah, but uh, Dusty Baker had actually managed just a couple of years ago, whereas Tony La Russa has missed the analytical revolution in baseball. So uh, it, it's, it's a curious case for me. I don't know. But uh, I, I feel like we need to get more people in these discussions and let, let's see who they interviewed. That's what I want. I want more people of color. Uh, I want more women. I want more diversity in what's going on here because... The game of baseball just keeps changing and it doesn't feel like the people that are making the decisions are changing at all. So uh, I feel like the game can evolve a little bit more when you start letting other minds in there. You know, they started letting all the MIT graduates and stuff in the front office, even though they hadn't played baseball. And now, uh, you know, now baseball's different for better or worse. Maybe if you get a different kind of manager in there, you can adapt the game a little bit better to you. It, it's the money ball thing. It, what's the market inefficiency? Having another white guy in the in the dugout, not necessarily a market inefficiency. You got to go for a different line of thinking, and uh, I think that both these teams may have dropped the ball. I'm a little bit more on board with the Tigers, minus the cheating scandal part of it. Um, but yeah, the White Sox could have done better, I think. I know that he... Brought the A's a World Series championship in 1989, so I don't mean to disparage his previous accomplishments and all that stuff. I'm, I'm more so talking about what he's doing these days, and that's what I'm a little bit worried about if I'm, you know, a White Sox fan, and I think that they are worried about it, so uh, that's that. Uh, coming up on the rest of the show, I'm going to be talking about some of the free agents that are recently become available because teams are not picking up options so there's going to be a slew of free agents that are going to be available for relatively cheap i guess so uh, i'm going to be going over some of those guys uh, stay locked in while locked on is i will be right back Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right, we're talking about Built Bar, and the Improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have their original 12 flavors, including mint brownie. I know that I've brought that one up before, but right now... <laughs> I could really go for some mint brownie, especially when you consider that all of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Mint brownie with chocolate, give it to me now. All these bars are also soft and easy to chew. There are protein bars that taste like candy bars and Built bars are great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and all the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So, all you got to do to take advantage of all these things that I'm talking about is go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED ON. That is one word, LOCKED ON, and you will get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So, go to builtbar.com. You get 20% off your next order when you go to builtbar.com. And use promo code Locked On. Do that one, too. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. And also, please tell a friend, because we're hoping to grow this thing during the offseason while everybody is uh, wanting some baseball. So tell your baseball wanting friends about this podcast and uh, get them to subscribe as well. That'd be very much uh, appreciated and whatnot. Uh, Also, make sure that you follow us on social media at A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And you can mail us anything you want to, eh, most anything you want to uh, LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I'm going to go over some of the new free agents just real quick. Uh, Some names hit the open market on Friday. I talked about some of the other names that have already hit the market on yesterday's podcast, so go ahead and listen to that one. But uh, these new names are a little bit interesting. I know that some of them are so not coming to Oakland, but I'm going to go through them anyways. Uh, First on that list is going to be Charlie Morton. He has been a playoff beast. And he also isn't one of those starters that's getting like $20 million a season or more. So that's... Something that would be intriguing for the A's. But my sense is that uh, it's basically going to be the raise or retirement for Charlie Morton. He lives in Florida. He likes being close to home. I don't see him moving across the country to pitch for the A's at whatever they would offer him. uh, Because it wouldn't be a lot. And it'd probably be less than the $15 million that the Rays turned down. Uh, So he's probably going to be signing for like $12 million with the Rays if he signs anywhere at all. So, uh Cross him off the list. He's not coming to Oakland, you guys. Uh, The Cubs also declined John Lester's uh, $25 million deal and instead will pay him $10 million to not pitch for them. So that's an interesting one. Uh, I believe that we're all scarred from 2014, so I'm just going to move on from John Lester. Uh, Good luck doing whatever you do. Uh, The Astros released a few guys. First guy, don't want him. Uh, That would be closer Roberto Osuna. He had the free agent market yesterday but his health is a little bit of a question mark after he went the uh rest and rehab approach instead of going for tommy john so there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to pitch for a full season and then there's the whole domestic violence incident that uh you know I, i don't want any part of so i don't want him whatsoever keep him away if he doesn't sign with anybody i'm okay with that um another interesting option would be Carlos Santana from the uh, he got cut by the uh, Cleveland they did not pick up his option and uh, he would definitely be relegated to DH duties with the A's because he can play first base or he can be DH and uh, the A's have a pretty decent first baseman so he'd be DH and uh, he hit 199 last season which is not great but he still had an on-base percentage of 349 again small sample size but he's an on-base machine I think he has a career mark of 366 if I'm remembering correctly Um, yeah dude just gets walks. And I think he led the league in walks in 2020 again, short in season, but it's what he does. And he's also uh 35, I believe going in the next year. So maybe he could be had on a one year deal. We'll see, but he, he has struggled anywhere besides Cleveland. So is that a risk you want to take? And also do the A's have room for him? I don't know. Probably not unless they, uh, unless they trade Chris Davis, but uh, with the money owed to Chris Davis, I don't know that that's going to be feasible this off season. Um, if, He's if Carlos Santana is around in like January, throw him five million dollars. See if he takes it. And it's not a bad bat to have as an option if you're the A's. Um, they, Cleveland also cut ties with Domingo Santana, and uh, I'm a little bit less high on him. He's a big right handed bat that hits for power and sometimes some average. He'll hit like 290 for a month and then I'll hit 188. So you don't know necessarily what you're getting with him. Uh, he is definitely flawed, but he could be a low cost option to consider later in the offseason. Maybe a minor league deal. He can probably get a major league deal with like the Tigers or, you know, a team that's rebuilding, but uh, maybe. Maybe a minor league deal with the A's is something that he's looking forward to or looking for, not looking forward to at all. Um, So that could be how the A's, how he could enter the A's orbit. I don't think that they're going to be going after him, though, because they have a lot of outfield options. So there's that. Uh, The main targets that intrigue me, I'm going to go over this real quick because I'm going to go into them a little bit more in depth in uh, over the next week. So real quick. First one, Brad Hand, he was let go by Cleveland as well. Cleveland just clearing all of their payroll. They're definitely trading Francisco Lindor to who? Probably the Mets because they got a new owner and he wants to spend money probably. Uh, so that's that. Uh, Brad Hand, he could be the lefty version of Liam Hendricks. He has good strikeout rates, low walk rates. I like it. He could probably be signed for like somewhere in the 7 to $9 million range, maybe less depending on what this market is. But I think that you just slot him into the closer role. And all of a sudden, you got the closer figured out. You can move on with your offseason and uh, go after some other guys. So, uh, Brad Hand would do a big job of solidifying the back end of the bullpen. I like him a lot. But keeping this train on and rolling, we got uh, another Astros, uh discarded figure, I guess, if you want to go with that. Uh, Chris Davinsky, he is a righty who has been like their use maro Petit in 2016, 2017. He was their workhorse and he has not had it in the last three seasons. But when he did had it, he had an 11.16 K per nine rate and a 290 walks per nine rate in 2017. And he amassed 80 innings. So that's... Those are the stats that you're kind of looking for. Uh, Whether or not he could return to that form, I don't know. Uh, He did have some bone spurs removed in August, so he missed most of the season in 2020. Um, Maybe that's enough to get him on the right track. Maybe get him with a different pitching coach with the A's. And also, given his recent results, I think that he could probably be had on a minor league deal legitimately. And uh, the A's know what he's about so if they like what they see or they think that they could you know fix him a little bit and uh return him to some of that dominance and you know, use him as their use petit petite I think that he could be a, a nice fit for the A's moving forward in 2021 so uh that'll be that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on where he ends up and how he performs in 2021 and then the last name on my list is Hector Neris who has been with the Phillies since 2014 he is a 31 year old righty that puts up a uh, double digit k per nine Means he strikes a lot of guys out. He has a walk rate of roughly three per nine, which is a little bit higher than you want if, you know, in an ideal world. But if you're getting some whiffs, that's okay. And this guy does get whiffs. Neris's whiff percentage in 2020 was in the 97th percentile in baseball. That is really good. That means he's got good stuff. And, uh, you know, I- I'm down with that. That's something that the A's need desperately is guys. They can miss bats, not necessarily, you know, work to contact. I know that the A's have great defense and all that stuff. But if Nerys can be had for, you know, just a few million dollars, I think it's a chance that you're willing to take. His ERAs have fluctuated a little bit. I think that he's been hurt by the home run ball just a little bit. But getting him out of Philadelphia, bringing him to Oakland, that should help some of those home run issues and whatnot. So I think that he'd be somebody worth taking the chance on. Uh, His option that was declined was worth $7 million. So... And he made I think four seven five the year before, so somewhere in between those is probably where you could land Neris. Maybe they do something like they did with Asoria and they do the multi-year deal. Uh, maybe they go low, low, high, and you know backload the contract a little bit. Uh, three years, eighteen million dollars, something like that. I think that he'd be worth it in the regular economy. I don't know what he's going to be getting in this economy. So three eighteen, I think that that's a steal if you're going after Hector Neris, and uh, you know see see what happens from there. So that is my real quick rundown of the latest free agents in baseball. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more with options being declined further, guys getting non-tendered and all that stuff. Uh, I think that the A's non-tender list may have grown a little bit given the economic uncertainty around the game. So uh, I I mentioned some of those guys a couple weeks ago that could be non-tendered given... How much money they're going to be making i think uh mark cano is on there and his arbitration uh estimate is roughly 6.8 million dollars is that something that the a's want to pay i'm having some doubts at this point with how things are going so um yeah we'll see but uh listen to that episode also Make sure to tune in next week when I go after some bullpen targets. There's going to be some guys that I didn't know about until I started looking at some stats. And I was like, hey, I like this guy. And uh, so does the Pitching Ninja. So it feels like I'm on the right track when I'm on the same page as the Pitching Ninja uh, on Twitter there. Um, So, yeah, stay tuned for that one coming up this week. I'm going to have five episodes on that. Um, I'm going to probably pre-record a couple of them. So hopefully I don't miss any big news. But, you know, there's the election and all that stuff. So I'll probably be watching that on Tuesday. Also, make sure that you guys are out there voting on Tuesday or dropping off your ballots beforehand. If you've already uh, voted like myself, uh, good good job, everybody. Go go A's and all that stuff. But uh, that is going to be it for me today. I got bullpen talk coming up next week, so keep an eye out for that stuff. But uh, until next time, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland, keep wearing those masks, get out there and vote. And I will talk to you guys on Monday.